and welcome to the second in our Care to Cooperate podcast series. I'm Catherine Evans, Marketing Manager of the Wales Cooperative Centre, which delivers Care to Cooperate. And I'm joined by Donna Coyle, Care to Cooperate Project Manager, and Adrian Roper, Head of Cartrevy Cymru Cooperative. This podcast is tracking the evolution of a project that aims to influence the local government officers who plan and purchase social care services so that they buy more services in line with the aspirations of Welsh legislation, particularly the Social Services and Wellbeing Act. So I know you've both been very busy in the last few weeks since we recorded our first podcast, talking to care commissioners. So Adrian, can you tell me some of the people and organisations that you've been talking to? Um, Yes, uh, we've had the opportunity to talk to the Strategic Commissioner for Pembrokeshire and Carmarthenshire, and also the, uh, the Senior Commissioning Officer, and her colleagues up in uh, Flintshire. Um, I've also been able to talk to the uh, Regional Commission and Coordinator for, for Gwent, um, and I had the pleasure of attending the National Commissioning Board and taking part in some relevant discussions. Okay, Donna, how about you? Where have you been in the last few weeks? Um, I've also been in Flintshire and um, working cl- quite closely with the two dedicated uh, development officers there who are leading on a micro-care project that's about creating new models for delivering care that potentially bring new people into the workforce and our work with them through this project is to support them to think even wider about the potential and possibilities of those new care arrangements and new care organisations in the community to bring even bigger and better benefits. I've also been in Pembrokeshire and um, we're almost ready to go with our pilot project in a very small area of uh, Haverford West just putting the final paperwork together today and that will be a, an action research project where we're really taking um, sort of uh, primary research down into the community looking at our already commissioned service there's a specialist service can actually be broadened out to work better for the greater community but again linking up those groups and organizations and services that exist in that community to work more cooperatively and to reflect then on future commissioning arrangements that could lead to a community cooperative or an an alliance of organizations. Adrian you said you'd been speaking to various care commissioners around Wales and as you've been talking to people how have your thoughts developed about this project? Well, it's become very clear to me that care commissioners want to have the freedom to buy or nurture good services from a range of providers, including privately owned companies. They know that some private companies are only interested in extracted profits, but they also know that some, especially the relatively small local ones, are run by decent people who want to provide good care. They also know that private companies are a massive part of the care setup in Wales, and they can't just magic into existence other types of organisations like charities or co-ops, for example. So they need to work with the private sector. Even if they wanted to, they also um, just haven't got the time and resources to uh, create lots of new organisations. Um, and they can't afford to take lots of services back in-house and run them directly either. Um, e- even if it was desirable, uh, their perception is that it's just simply not affordable. In consequence, uh, the commissioners I've spoken to were really appreciative of the fact that that we have read the Act closely and identified that it was not just about promoting charities and co-ops and social enterprises. A close reading reveals that the Act is also promoting cooperative arrangements 
and user-led services. Cooperative arrangements can include private companies cooperating, just like private farm co- uh, farms cooperate in a, in a farming cooperative. And user-led services can il- include private companies that have designed their services so that they listen to their users and respect their wishes. Um, I guess it's still a bit like a challenge for private companies. Either they cooperate or they get really user-led, or they fall outside the aspirations of the Act. But from the Care Commissioner's perspective, at least from our conversations to date, those challenges are actually a welcome bridge. They're like an affirmation that they can include the private sector in the forums that they have for collaborative working and in their forward plans for service development and sustainability. So, so to answer your question, I now think that this project is less about trying to get commissioners to buy more services from not-for-profit providers, and instead it's more about helping commissioners to get the best services and the best value for money from all providers. At least that's one learning point. I think that's a really good summary of, of, of how we're developing um, our understanding and our learning as we um, embark on this um, short short project. Um, and, uh, and I think, you know, it's an, an evolution that we've needed to um, to experience ourselves. Um, and, and I like the way that Adrian has really summarised where we're at. I like, I like the way that the language is changing and that we're using that everyday language and we're more confident in what we're doing. Um, and I think the social care market is so fragile that actually we need to work with what's already exists on the ground to, to make it work better in terms of achieving the sustainability and the uh, aims of the social services and wellbeing outcome. Um, certainly is the, the major piece of legislation driving this, but obviously it's not the only piece and a, and a healthier Wales action plan is critical to that joining up. Um, and there are many people out there who understand that the services that they do offer and their businesses and, and their workforce would benefit if, if only they could collaborate and cooperate and maybe change some of the way that they engage with commissioners. Um, so, you know, many times I feel over the last few weeks since recording the last podcast, we've been talking that you can't fix the workforce problem if you don't actually fix what the commissioning is currently commissioning, which is time and task. So we've got to move to that outcomes focus. And as we move to that outcomes focus, we're moving our citizens and our workforce and our commissioners and us hopefully closer together. So I, I feel over the last month or so, we, we are making inroads and it's, it's a good place to be. So the, the, there's been a definite shift in the language that you're both using and the way you feel this project is going since, since, since it started and since we last sat down to talk about it. I mean. Are there any other key things that you've discovered in the last few weeks? Well, I think, you know, a, a massive um, elephant in the room uh, uh, of social care is um, uh, is the uh, um, the shortage of funding, you know, the impact of, of austerity. Um, one of the commissioners pointed out that in the last, I think it's um, eight years, um, Wales has lost something like 92 Million pound, it's that's I think it's getting close to a billion pounds uh, coming out, out of, uh, of the system. Um, an awful lot of that, um, uh, you know, financial pressure is reflected in in low wages in the sector, uh, and something needs to be done about that. Um, 
it's 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 beyond this project to to address that but that obviously uh, does need doing but but one of the consequences of relentless cuts is actually there aren't as many commissioners around as as the, as there should be um uh, there aren't many planning officers uh, around so it's a real challenge for commissioners to to think creatively to try and nurture new developments and not, as I as I've heard, at least third party, uh, uh, some of them do, which is, which is simply try and manage a marketplace as as economically as possible, and, and so they're looking for for cheapness more than more than quality and added value. So so there's a great big elephant in the room there, and I think we we have to, you know, um, bear in mind uh, that, that if we were to be criticising commissioners, um, we might need to be thinking about the, the context in which they're trying to operate. Okay. Uh, now you're running two pilot projects, uh, trying out different approaches to care delivery in Pembrokeshire and Flintshire. I'm just wondering how things are going with those pilots. Obviously, they've not had very long to um, establish or, or, or get going. So what progress has been made in the last few weeks? Adrian, you and I were both at the uh, meeting earlier this week in Flintshire. Did you want to share some of your reflections, first of all, on that pilot, and then I can talk more about the Pembrokeshire one? Um, yes, where Flintshire uh, uh, are coming from uh, is um, is two places, really. Uh, one is um, uh, the experience of, of continual staff shortages and uh, uh, inability to... Uh, to recruit enough staff, to, you know, whether it's in care homes or, or, or domiciliary care, or, um, and they want to explore the potential of growing a workforce um, from the community up. In other words, looking to identify people who are perhaps, you know, helping their neighbours, are engaged in, you know, gardening, DIY, um, shopping support, befriending. Um, possibly not even uh, getting any funding for for, uh, for doing that, um, and have conversations with them about whether they would like to undergo a, a process of training and, and development so that they can not only do that, but also do uh, personal care as well. And and in that way, a sort of very creative grassroots way, um, uh, you know, build the build the workforce. So I think that's a really uh, exciting initiative in itself. But they're also very, um, uh, you know, aware. Much of Flintshire is is, is rural, isolated communities, um, and they are aware that current care agencies um, struggle to get out into those communities because of travel distances and uh, and so on. And so the approach they're taking, I think, has got a really um, a real p- p- positive potential in terms of enabling isolated uh, people in in need of care in rural communities have access to personal care and support from people who just live down the road um, I think you know both of those aspects of this uh, are, are really interesting so if they what progress have they made then in the last couple of weeks is, has, is there anything actually being delivered on the ground at the moment or are we sort of still at the point of discussing exactly how that's going to work they're doing a lot of uh, design work and indeed legal uh, work one of the um, you know, their aspiration is to be able to directly commission uh, micro providers, individuals, you know, in, within their communities, um, uh, and and to not end up um, lumbering the, those individuals um, with a whole load of regulatory requirements. Uh, re- regulatory requirements. 
So they're talking to the Care Inspector of Wales about about um, how much flexibility they might have to do something innovative without triggering uh, regulatory uh, burdens. Um, but they're putting feelers out to uh, to f- find people who might be interested in becoming in micro-providers. Micro and part of our meeting was discussing the potential for uh, an event in early in the new year you know, to try and promote this um, opportunity um, and maybe also get um, other agencies in the, in the care sector interested in it um, and perhaps providing a sort of a benevolent host uh, and support mechanism for these uh, isolate, potentially isolated micro-providers. Okay. I think they've been testing their marketing, haven't they? What are their key marketing messages? What is it they're actually offering to people to bring them potentially into the workforce as a micro-care provider? What, what would give people more confidence and insurances to come along and, and start up a, a small business? Um, and as Adrian says, it's, it's almost talking to existing organisations that already have relationships maybe with people in the community that could be that benevolent host and you know underpinning this all is this sense of cooperation and collaboration and actually looking at a community-wide approach as well um i know the flintshire team are also developing a quality framework which they will be um, applying to future microcare providers which will help them in terms of their future commissioning directly into those micro care providers for outcomes so actually that what they're trying to achieve is quite ambitious um and and we are partly we are on that journey with them um and i think our broader reach that's community that's outcomes that understand that domiciliary care might be helping people to dress in the morning but domiciliary care needs to change its focus to being reaching out into the community and helping people to go out and be be part of their community again um i think it, we're playing a really key key role alongside the, the team to help with that with that ultimate vision of what they want to achieve so tell me what's been happening in pembrokeshire then in, in pembrokeshire really good conversations and really good relationships emerging with the commissioning team um, around our very small pilot, um, so it's 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 going to be have an action research element to it. So we are going. To, we've spoken uh, with the two guys that live locally that receive a supported living service to ensure that they this is something that they are interested in, and um, we, we're calling it the Good Neighbour Scheme at that level, and um, they are both absolutely interested in being good neighbours and actually are good neighbours already but actually again this comes back to marketing and language and what is it we're trying to get people to understand what we're trying to do so through the service that's already present within this very small um, neighbourhood area what how can we encourage people to become good neighbours and integrate better into the community but also to use that service almost to become a neighbourhood service rather than operating in isolation um, to support two people. Again, it's got that feel of domiciliary care that doesn't need to happen just in the home, but domiciliary care is a care and support service that helps open the doors and take you back out into the community to be a, an, an active and member of that community. Um, we're also starting to asset map, well map actually the services and the groups and the um, and organisations that do exist there in that community and start to Im- look at having events and handing out flyers and asking questions about what is, what is possible, what if we did this, what would you think, what's your vision for your community? Um, 
and and so we're really from early January we're going to be pounding the streets, knocking on doors, not in such as a, a as a, a political candidate way, but very much more in how can we? What does the community actually want? What are, what is it that is is unknown to to commissioners? And actually, what what could change in terms of actually investing in the wider community? ensuring that the right services are there for the people that need that extra special support but actually taking a community investment approach um, so we're hoping for events in february we're hoping with rich data coming back that we'll be an analyzing we're hoping to continue our com- conversation with the commissioners to start looking at different ways of commissioning um, so it's bringing the two ends of the projects together very much the grassroots research with the more top-down research to get them to meet in the middle and that would be the sort of the outcome the happy outcome of the pilot that we can take forward in a longer term and also we can move into other areas of the local community to replicate great so lots of exciting stuff planned for the next few months things are up and running now and it'll be interesting to see how those develop so what are the key things that you're going to focus on now um in in the next month or so adrian what any plans? Any any more meetings in the diary? Um, yes, um, I've definitely got. Uh, oh, I'm pleased to say that all the commissioners that uh, that we've met have uh, have welcomed this project and, and want to engage. So there are a series of further one to one meetings and workshops uh, being planned. Um, and we've you've heard a, a fair bit today about the two pilot projects. Obviously, there's going to be engagement with those. Um, but we're also working on trying to develop something like guidance or a toolkit for commissioners, which which captures useful things for them to use uh, uh, going forward. So um, in terms of analysing the Act um, and, and clarifying exactly what it means, we, we know that's already been welcomed. We want to test that out on, on other people. We've heard uh, through Donna today about Healthier Wales as, a, as another platform of policy which we want to tr- sort of track across um, to to the work that we're doing, um, and there's also you know the Fair Work Commission and the Fut- Wellbeing of Future Generations Act, all of these things, um, you know, massive imperatives for commissioners to take forward, um, but actually, do they even have enough time to study them in depth? Uh, answer typically no. Um, so we want to produce something that makes that easy for them. Um, I floated the idea of a poster that tries to make sense of the policy world for care commissioners, and uh, uh, and that um, that was met with an affirmative smile. So um, it'd be a big poster. It could be a big poster, or it could be one or two posters. But um, but yeah, when I try and capture what the policy journey is, and, and actually, interestingly, one of the commissioners. Um, immediately talked about how some of that stuff could be turned into tender specifications so that's a way in which is it, we can start to shape provider b- behavior um, in keeping with the very positive thrust of Welsh policy and law. Okay well thank you both if you'd like to find out more about this work you can listen to other podcast episodes at www.wales.coop and on iTunes And you can also follow at Wales Co-op Centre on Twitter to find out more.